It's eerily quiet except for the sound of concrete workers putting up a wall around a mansion in the Pine Tree Estates neighborhood of affluent Parkland, Florida. It's hardly a house that you would expect a 20-year-old to own. But just a few weeks after his murder, outside a motorsports store on June 18, 2018, I go to the house where Desayonfroy lived before his death, where the rapper known as XXX Tentacion would invite friends over to play music and video games, and where he had a professional music studio custom-built on the first floor. This is definitely X's house. I'm going to walk around the back. You can hear the water running in the pool. It's very kind of unassuming here. Big house, but not ostentatious. Looks like they've cleaned up um, the memorial that was here. There's an X, a gold X, and you can see where there were candles put in a memorial. There are two big lions on the front, and there's a little white stone that somebody painted question mark on it. The question mark is a reference to the name of X's second studio album, made public on March 16, 2018. It was only three months before his untimely death. There's a poster crumpled in a box to the left of the front door. White letters painted on thick black paper say R.I.P. Jose Onfroy. Here's a big heavy knocker, knock on the door. I don't think anybody's home. and Local10.com present the Florida Files. I'm Michelle Solomon, and this is the story of the life and death of Broward rapper XXX Tentacion. at a gas station a few miles from X's Parkland house, Maseratis and Mercedes fill up. This is a wealthy suburb where the median house value is half a million bucks. Parkland sits in northwestern Broward County, about 30 miles from Fort Lauderdale, bordered by West Boca Raton to the north and the Everglades to the west. Broward County property appraiser records show that the house X lived in is a 6,000-square-foot, four-bedroom, five-bathroom house. It was purchased on November 27, 2017, for $1.4 million. The house is in his mother's name, Cleopatra Bernard.
Parkland is now known around the world, mostly for a tragedy that happened on February 14, 2018, when the bedroom community is thrust into the international spotlight. There's a shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, where 17 people are victims of a school shooter. It's just four miles from the house where X lives, and it hits close to home for the rapper. He dedicates a song. Rest in peace to all the kids that lost their lives in the Parkland shooting. The song is dedicated to you. Parkland is a very different city from where X spent his formative years, living most of the time with his grandmother, Colette Jones, who X says helped raise him. A security guard didn't let me in when I showed up at her Lauderhill apartment. I was hoping to talk to her and to see where X spent a good part of his growing years. Yeah, so I guess we should start with uh, the basic information. Uh, where are you from? I am from, all right, so I got to get in depth. So, all right, how I put it? I was raised borderline like Pompano, but I was born in Plantation, um, Plantation Hospital. Raised around Pompano area, raised around North Lauderdale and Broward. Like, so Broward County was, like, where I grew up. So then after a while, like, I got kicked out of, like, a lot of schools. So I ended up going to, like, Deepside or, or Lauderhill. Okay. And then I lived throughout, like, Lauderhill for, the, like, a lot of my life after okay. I got arrested. So what kind of environment is these in? And for people who don't know, he's talking about Florida. Lauderhill is, like, the hood. Like, my mom just had me, like, she was in a situation where, like, she wanted me around, but she couldn't afford to, like, because she was still growing up. Like, my mom was raised in Jamaica. She... Raising a kid, honestly, was on her last, uh, last priorities, you feel me? So what she did was she passed me from hand-to-hand to people that could take care of me, you know? Uh-huh. And, like, doing that, like, I was put in situations that weren't the best, but I get what she was doing, so I don't resent her. I would never resent my mom, but, like, my mom had it hard, I had it hard. That's X talking to Adam Grandmason, a.k.a. Adam22, at the No Jumper Studios in Los Angeles in 2016. His father, Dwayne Onfroy, who spoke exclusively to the Florida Files, talks about events in his own life that changed his relationship with his son. Regrets, he says, he carries with him to this day. And I've uh, been incarcerated. And two months after my son's 10th birthday, I went to. When I came back home, my son was 18 and a half, going on 19. So basically half of his life, I was gone. And for a young man who went through what he went through after I was gone, you can understand, um, naturally you're gonna have a lot of anger towards that parent who's there, but is no longer there. Before he passed, he was coming around to me. Because, now, okay, let me ask a question. What do you know about me? What is it? I, I, I know. What, do you, I know, what have you I read know about some, me? I know some of your history. I know that you had a, a, some, some struggles with, with, the, with the law, you know, at times. Um, no, I didn't have struggles with the law. Um, I went away and just struggles. I was never in and out of jail type of day. So that narrative is wrong. Um, that incarcerated. It wasn't, um, 
in and out of jail. He went to jail, and I went to jail for a long time. You did? Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed of it. It happened. And that's the reason why I was out of my son's life. I wasn't, I didn't, <laughs> I'm not sure what he has told to the public, but I didn't just abandon my children. I was incarcerated. What yeah. what caused you to be incarcerated? <laughs> um, that's in the past, and, I, and and that's where I want to leave it. I got incarcerated, and it wasn't it wasn't I didn't murder anyone. It wasn't gun charges. It wasn't molestation charges. It wasn't robbery. Um, I am a Rastafarian, and as a result of being living this life, I got into things that your government would deem illegal. I sold marijuana when you were in the states. Yes, ma'am. Right. What I was in states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, incarcerated. tells Papa Keith in an interview with 103.5 The Beat what his early life was like. When I was when I was growing up, my mom had it my mom had it hard. My mom had it really 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 hard. So it she was put in a situation where she really couldn't, you know, mold me like she wanted to. She tried to give me love by financially taking care of me because she seen that as the most important thing as long as I ate and as long as I had clothes and as long as I had a place to stay. That was the most important thing to her. She was never able to, and I want to quote-unquote able to, you know what I'm saying, because if she could, she would have. She was able, she was never able to emotionally nurture me, so that left some sort of, it made, it made, it left some sort of, uh, uh, I, I guess a burden. I, yeah, I, I carried yeah. this, I carried a, a really big burden and, and self-hate for myself because I felt like I wasn't enough, you know, for a certain amount of time, so I don't, I don't want to, like, for my, for my situation, I don't want to blame her, you know what I'm saying? It just, I was thrown into the world and I did experience things on my own and like a lot of things on my own. And that's what, so yes, that's, yeah, I guess you could say it's kind of relevant. Yes, because mm-hmm. I went through these things myself. Over a period of time, you know, he developed his own rules. He developed his own way of looking at life. Because now his teenagers are coming on. Who's the male, who's the male role model? Who's the male figure that's going to show him how a boy is supposed to behave at 13? Or who's the male role model that's going to instill certain behavior? Who's going to teach him how to play soccer or football or basketball? Who's going to teach him sporting activities? Who's going to show him how to speak to women? He didn't have that figure on an everyday basis. He would get phone calls. That's not enough. Um, I think a lot of 
what he battled with was the good parts and the bad parts of me. You know, he wanted to be like me in a lot of ways, and a lot of ways he didn't. You know, and then um, he was coming to realize that we were, in a lot of ways, mirroring each other. Like a lot of his mannerisms, a lot of his behavior, good and bad, without even being around me, was like mine. parts are documented in court records. One dates to November 16, 2015 in Broward County, Florida's Circuit Court Juvenile Division, when an 18-year-old named Jose Onfroy is charged with armed home invasion robbery and aggravated battery. The report says that Onfroy and three other people enter a home in Sunrise, Florida. Jose is armed with a handgun and, quote, strikes the male resident of the home in the head with a gun, causing a laceration. Layman's terms? He pistol whips the man. A year later in 2016, the song Pistol is uploaded to SoundCloud. During that home invasion, the report says that Onfroy and the others yell, where is the money and where is the stuff? They take an iPad, iPhone, Sony PlayStation, and 20 bucks. X tells Adam-22 of No Jumper during that 2016 interview the things that landed him in jail. Like, I never really, I never really <coughs> spoke. I always acted. I mean, that was always my problem. I always acted before I, I thought anything through. Were you, like, getting in trouble all the time, or were you kind yeah. of laying low? I, I mean, part of, like, I, I spent a year in jail, bro. Like, at, I gotta, what, at what point in your life? <laughs> when I was like, oh, um, all right. Um, a lot of Armed, <laughs> armed robbery. Armed robbery. What um, was that like? No, no, it was, it was gonna keep going. Okay, it, yeah. Armed robbery. Yeah. Uh, and this is not me being cool. This is not yeah. me saying we this shit is okay. This. Yeah, yeah, we don't condone this. Shit. I, was just, I was just <laughs> up, you know. Allegedly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, if you already went to jail for it, then yeah, it yeah, doesn't have exactly. to be allegedly. Yeah. Um, armed robbery, armed burglary, possession armed burglary, of a firearm, possession of a firearm, oh. armed burglary with dwelling, resisting without violence. Grand theft of three yeah, charges. Yeah, a lot of charges. Possession of oxycodone. Those good parts and bad parts are what prompted headlines such as the one that appeared in the New York Times the day after X's death. It said, hero or villain? Death of rapper XXX Tentacion divides the internet. hit, a writer for the Daily Beast, the online news and pop culture website based in New York, was an intern reporter at the Miami New Times when she interviewed X in his million-dollar home not too long before his untimely death. She says that hero or villain ideology is what prompted the article, The Real Story of South Florida Rapper XXX Tentacion in New Times. It appeared in print only 13 days before his murder. I saw how interesting it was you just basically found his address through a random speeding ticket and showed up at his door? Yeah, so um, I I got to New Times, and, like, in one of my first days, I got into an argument with um, one of the coworkers about, about X's whole story. 
um, and whether it was like okay to listen to his music and whatever. And one of the editors came out and was like, well, you know, he's local. Hid and I talk about how days after his death, celebrities begin posting tributes online, fueling the debate whether someone with the rapper's past, despite his short life, deserves such praise. At the time of his death, Onfroy was awaiting trial on charges for the alleged repeating beatings and assaults on his former girlfriend, Geneva Ayala, who was reportedly pregnant at the time. But X had denied the claims, saying she was trying to extort money and that the injuries were caused by her being jumped by a group of girls. I knew his music, but then I really just knew the part about him. He was on probation because he had, when he was 16, he had um, done a, I guess it was a home invasion. And I saw that, that stuff about a home invasion and I guess a robbery. So. Right. So, so yeah, I totally knew all that stuff. I actually, one of the arguments I make in the piece is that part of what propelled him to such an insane celebrity was the fact that he had these really extreme charges of domestic abuse. Um, so I actually am live in proof of that in that I heard about him, when I heard about him, I thought I heard there's this guy who's blowing up on SoundCloud. Also, he has these crazy charges of sexual abuse. And that's what sort of was his hook as like his initial appeal or not appeal, but like this is what made him stand out from the crowd. Geneva tells the New Times reporter that she meets X in May 2016, and they begin living together almost immediately. Five months later, an arrest report dated October 8, 2016, says that Onfroy punched and kicked the woman, who was possibly pregnant at the time. Quote, victims both eyes were punched to where her eyes became shut and victim could not see. I reach out to Geneva a few times for her to tell her side of the story to the Florida Files. She doesn't respond. Well, she doesn't like to talk to media. She's completely um, stopped talking to media. October 2016, X is hit with charges of aggravated battery of a pregnant woman, domestic battery by strangulation, false imprisonment, and witness tampering. He pleads not guilty, but a judge rules that he has now violated his house arrest agreement stemming from the Broward County incident, so he's put into jail. Then, in December of 2017, more legal issues from the alleged assaults. Prosecutors reportedly believe the rapper, by way of recorded calls he made in jail, attempted to coerce his girlfriend into dropping her case against him. October 14, 2016, Geneva sets up a GoFundMe page. She needs $20,000 to fund surgery after injuries, quote, sustained from alleged abuse. When she starts the campaign, she quickly raises eight grand. Soon after, though, the GoFundMe page is shut down. The donation site puts the page on hold and freezes the funds after X's fans report to GoFundMe that she had misrepresented the cause of her injuries, according to HIT. It remained that way for a year and a half. Hit recalls talking to a friend of Geneva's for the New Times story. She told me about the, how the GoFundMe had been reported by like trolls and all this stuff. Um, so then 
After that, I reached out to GoFundMe, and they started to mount this investigation into what had happened. The page was reactivated following the New Time story, and in 24 hours, $12,000 was raised. After the rapper's death, money continued to pour in. Donations are no longer being accepted, according to the page. Soon after the rapper's death, Geneva writes, I've put an end to the campaign because I've received more than enough. R.I.P. Gisayan Freud, no matter what happened slash happens, my love for him will never cease. The final tally? $36,350. When I reach out to his lawyer for an interview about the status of the 15 felony charges that could have sent X to prison for decades and which are still pending at the time of X's death, J. David Bogutschut sends a statement about the charges being dropped in July, less than a month after X's murder. It states, charges against Mr. Onfroy were dismissed as a result of his death. Without a living defendant, those charges cannot be prosecuted as his absence was involuntary and permanent. Probation in Broward and the aggravated assault and multiple witness tampering charges in Miami-Dade, all of which were nearing favorable resolution in our many discussions with the state attorney in Miami-Dade, were all dismissed permanently for those reasons. There's pretty rabid fans of, of his, obviously, today after his his death on June, six, eight, June 18th, which was literally June 18th, and your story came out June 5th. I mean... I, yeah, it was insane. It was, I, I couldn't yeah, believe it. I know. So you were really the last person to talk to him. Yeah. Probably. Journalism-wise. Yeah. Did, you, did it feel like he had felt... I mean, there's a couple things you say in your piece. Did it seem like he had felt that he was trying to redeem himself. But yeah, so he was definitely concerned with repairing his image. Um, he felt extremely victimized by the media, by the negative attention that he'd gotten because of his allegations. He felt like he was like a pariah. He, see, he seemed to think like he had it the absolute worst. But in that effort to sort of repair his image, there was none of it that was like, I take responsibility for the fact that I wounded this person um he denied them he denied allegations repeatedly and he kept sort of entertaining these hypotheticals like if a woman had done what i did she wouldn't receive as much hate as i did he he really didn't think he felt like he was the victim um and and i that's not that i i don't think he was remorseful um i i totally think that if he'd had more time to be alive that might have changed but definitely when I spoke to him that wasn't on that wasn't what he was going for when news of X's death breaks a-listers like Kanye West take to Twitter I never told you how much you inspired me when you were here Diddy says, one of the most interesting people I've met. Rest in peace, young king. Fans everywhere, not just in Broward County, were devastated over his death. 21-year-old Canadian, Lael Hansen, is one of YouTube's most popular personalities, with her own channel that counts over 350,000 subscribers. 
some of her most watched videos are about rapper XXXTentacion. On the day after X's death, she posts a video, wiping away tears and talking about how the rapper had reached out to her and become a friend. I love it, please. I'd love to hear it. It's, it's honestly, like... You are so just wonderful. We've lost a very influential figure who had so much passion to help the youth, to help society, to being a person who young people could really look up to. And I really got the pleasure of being able to know X over these past eight months. It was truly a blessing to know someone who is so kind and so special. I sent Hansen an email to find out if the allegations about X's domestic abuse impacted how she felt about the rapper in any way. She responds, I have no comment because I am not properly informed. All I know is that X had a beautiful heart and was going to become a person that would inspire a generation to spread positivity and change the world. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. Thank you for paving the way and showing kids from Broward, from the middle of nowhere, that no matter what you have been through in your life, that you can truly accomplish anything. In the brief telephone conversation I did have with his mother, Cleo, she declined to be actually interviewed, we talked about a video she had posted on YouTube of a large group of people that had gathered in Barcelona. They were celebrating my son, she tells me. In Los Angeles, things weren't so sedate. The day after X's death, police and riot gear are called in when an event organized by Adam-22 gets out of hand. The crowd becomes increasingly aggressive, according to LAPD, including jumping on the hood of a news van, swarming vehicles, and throwing things at police. Another group formed an X out of candles in the middle of the street, and people began moshing and dancing around each other, KABC-TV reports. A very wild scene out here earlier. Hundreds of people had gathered for this memorial in memory of Tentacion. Uh, some of the crowd got rowdy, and that's when police moved in. Officers dressed in riot gear fired off non-lethal rounds trying to disperse the crowd. Tensions rising after rocks and other projectiles were thrown, hitting some of the officers. A word of the memorial gathering for the 20-year-old rapper who was killed in Florida was posted on Instagram, and the gathering grew massive. Around 1,000 people showing up on Melrose Avenue at Spalding. Police set up lines and ordered everyone to leave the area. Everybody was dancing a little bit. Some people started jumping on the ice cream truck or whatever the kind of truck that was. They was rocking it. But yeah, they ain't know how to act right. Things got out of control. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, it did. Back home, fans drive hours to stand in line to visit the rapper's open casket in a funeral fit for a king, planned by his mother nine days after his death. Thousands of fans lined up in the scorching heat at the BB&T Center in Sunrise to pay their respects to the fallen rapper. And that is where we find Local 10 News reporter Terrell Fournay with more on how he's being remembered. Terrell. 
Well, the rapper's own mother organized this fan memorial, which is taking place here at the BB&T Center, because she says she wanted to do something for XXX Tentacion's fans, fans that she says that he considered like family. It was like, yeah, like an hour, hour and a half. Standing in the steaming sun in a long winding line didn't steer these fans away. The wait was honestly worth it. Thank God we got to see him. And once inside of the BB&T Center, mourners waited in another line for a chance to walk by the open casket of rapper XXX Tentacion. Oh, he still looked the same. He looked, yeah, he looked, good. He looked good. He was dressed in a jean jacket and tank his top. tank top. Like everyone got a chance to see him and say their final goodbyes. The fan memorial happening nine days after the rapper was shot and killed in his car right outside of a Deerfield Beach motorcycle shop. Since his death, interest in his music has skyrocketed his songs to the top of the charts. <laughs> the rapper's songs blared on the outside and inside of the arena as a video tribute played on monitors, adding to what can only be described as a funeral-like atmosphere. Everybody around us was just breaking down and we we just we felt the same. We felt all the pain in this community. Miami music journalist Tony Centeno was at the memorial covering the event for Billboard magazine. I personally, you know, like I said, I had just met him a couple weeks before. I originally wanted to pay my respects and, you know, it turned into a you know opportunity to really, you know, cover the I remember um, I had went to the funeral um, over at the BB&T Center. Um, I was there, I was talking to people in the line, and, you know, a lot of these people did not even, didn't even shrug at, you know, didn't even bat an eye at, you know, his, his, his criminal past. They were just so, you know, upset with the fact that they had lost, you know, a muse in their life, like, you know, an artist who who really affected them, and you know, in some way, shape, or form, whether it be emotionally or, you know, in life. Um, and, you know, it was, it was genuine sadness, you know what I mean? The, the vibe was complete, you know, utter sadness. And then there were other people in line who were, you know, celebrating his life. They had speakers there blasting his music all day. Like, you know, they took it, they took it a little bit differently, but being that these people had not even met him the way I did and they were, they were more upset than I was, you know? So it was, it was really, it was a different experience. Granted, like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting inside the auditorium, or not the auditorium, the, the arena, and there are literally that, like, hundreds of people coming in, like, at, you know, from 12 to at least 6 p.m., there were hundreds of people coming in nonstop. And the line looked like it was a ride, like, for a carnival, you know, like a, like, like Disneyland, like, there's just so many lines of people, like, going up to see this, this kid, you know what I mean? Like, and... Granted, a lot of them, you know, it was their first time meeting him in person and, you know, he was in a coffin. It was really upsetting. X's father, Dwayne Onfroy, says he's touched when his son's fans reach out to him on social media. He was trying to and was influencing his peers in a positive way because he knew how he started out. You know, he was getting wild and he was going crazy once he, you know. But once he started recognizing and owning the influence that he had, 
and spreading the message in a positive way. Before my child left this earth, she set out. He set out to. He set out to do what he wanted, and a lot of ways he accomplished that. You know, but prior to him passing from this earth, when when a lot of kids would reach out on my Instagram, are you affected by it? And I'm like, yeah, your son saved my life. Your son saved my life. I was on the brink of suicide, and I heard your son's song. I was literally going to kill myself, and I heard your son's song. I was literally going to kill myself, and I heard, and I heard your son saying he's going through the same thing. And it made me realize that I'm not by myself. YouTuber Hansen gathered these reactions from her fans seven days after X's death. Worst thing comes to worst, I die a tragic death or some and I'm not able to see out my dreams. I at least want to know that the kids perceived my message and were able to make something of themselves and able to take my message and use it and turn it into something positive and to, to at least have a good life. I at least... If I'm gonna if I'm gonna die or ever be a sacrifice, I want to make sure that my life made at least five million kids happy, or they found some sort of answers or resolve in my life, regardless of the negative around my name, regardless of of the bad things people say to me. I don't give a f because I know my goal in the end, and I know what I want for everyone, and I know what my message is. So I just wanted to say. I appreciate and love all of you, and I believe in you all. Seven days ago, the world lost someone who was going to change it. Millions of lives inspired, millions of lives changed, and millions of lives saved. I just wish we could have saved him. So save X's music gave me a place where I could feel okay. I feel like X's music was always there. It was there to numb my pain. It felt like I could finally relate to something. He put into words things I couldn't, and he created an emotion that I didn't want to feel but needed to. It was always there to shed a positive light in a world consumed by darkness. Uh, you were and still are to this day a massive influence on my life. That's how I want to live my life, man. I just want to give. Help me change the way I view the world now. Exit me by just existing. His music can just put you in the right mood any time of the day. He helped me get over being depressed. And his music, like, it just, it just hit your head. I felt that connection with X, how people wish the worst for him, but no matter what, he still stay positive. Stay positive. Thank you for helping me through everything. You will always be remembered, man. You helped me a lot, X, and um, I love you, and I'm, I'm gonna miss you. All the pain that you said you were suffering from is gone. Everything will be okay. I've been up a very long time, wonder why they hate on me. I don't wanna love myself, I'm praying that y'all love me.
Join me, Michelle Solomon, for the next edition of The Florida Files, where I talk to sources close to the family who say they have their own theories over who murdered XXX Tentacion. Get more of the story and online extras on the life and death of XXX Tentacion at local10.com. <laughs>